Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. You can reach me at all of my socials at Chef Bry Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y Comedy on Instagram, Twitter, and now on Facebook. And today, guys, I've got my special uh, guest, my co-host, if you will, Rebecca Russell, my wife. And uh, today we're going to talk about what it is like to be an empath. Uh, calling all empaths out there. Woo, woo, woo. We are uh, trying to uh, find our people, if you will. We're trying to find fellow empaths out there. Uh, maybe you don't know that you're an empath yet. Maybe you're intuitive and sensitive, but you're not quite sure what you are. This is a great episode for you. This is about uh, what it's like to be an empath. Uh, how do you deal with that? Um, perhaps you and your uh, partner are uh, both uh, psychically linked or, or energetically sensitive to each other's uh, energies. So that we'll discuss that a little bit. And uh, we'll go into what it's like uh, to work a real job as an intuitive, as a sensitive. Um, and, and to basically, how do you deal with people out there who aren't sensitive, who aren't nuanced, who aren't learning and growing emotionally or energetically? Uh, that's what this episode's about. This is Empaths 101. I want you guys to get something from this. If you are an empath, you have reached the right place. If you're not sure yet if you're an empath, that's okay too. Give a listen and uh, kind of quiz yourself. You know, kind of listen to what we're saying here. Um, this is uh, all about, um, you know, learning and growing and evolving. Uh, we are human beings that require uh, emotional sustenance. And so I want you guys to get something good from this. Uh, yeah, you know, this is going to be really in-depth shit here. So grab, grab, grab your icy, grab some licorice. I don't know. What do people eat nowadays? Get your get your baby roots and your hula hoops and Pac-Man video games. No, you know what I'm saying. I'm just goofing around. But get 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 a nice beverage and uh, get yourself comfortable. This is a long one. It's our longest recorded one. Um, yeah, man, we had a lot of fun recording this, and I hope you guys enjoy this too. Have a great day and uh, stay tuned. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. And like I said before, you can reach me at all of my socials at Chef Bry Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y Comedy on Instagram, Twitter, and now on Facebook. And today I've got my co-host, Rebecca Russell. Please say hi. Hi. So today we're going to talk about... Um, it's it's one big empath show. So it's about empaths. Uh, I'm calling this Empaths 101. So uh, we're going to talk about every kind of aspect of being an empath. Um, I uh, am self-describing myself as an empath. Uh, my wife, uh, she was a little bit slower getting started on that uh, train. You know, she wasn't sure for a while, but now she's pretty sure that she's got a little bit of it too. And, you know, I've talked about this before on a on previous episodes about being an empath that I really do believe that most people have it. It's, it's kind of like, um, you align yourself energetically with it and, uh, you'll start opening up doorways or pathways or portals, if you will, uh, whether those be portals, you know, pathways of, to, of your brain or, or just pathways in general, uh, energetic pathways. Uh, we human beings are, uh, remarkably, uh, energetically sensitive to one another, um, even more so than we even realize. And so there's probably a lot of people out there who are empaths, uh, that just don't know it yet, you know, because I mean, I, I didn't call myself an empath 
up until about, I don't know, I'd say 10, 12 years ago, uh, I was going to uh, massage school, long story. Yes, I was a uh, licensed massage therapist. But anyway, um, that's my that's the funny thing about me is I, I was a soldier and I did all this man manly shit. And then I I was going into the firefighter academy and I went into the EMT school. And so it's funny when you look at my uh, resume, it's like man shit, man shit, man shit, man shit. Hippie shit, hippie shit, hippie shit, hippie shit. You know, it's the, it's the duality of man. I think the military taught me to um, just understand uh, the, the the sensitive side and the softer side of life is very important. Kind of like Sears' old motto. Come enjoy the softer, the softer side, side of Sears. Of <laughs> yeah, the softer side of Sears or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, um, I digress. That's what I'm good at. Um, but yeah, I just, I've got a, I got a list here of... All kinds of stuff I want to talk about, um, but I want to first sort of talk to my wife about um, her uh, transformation, if you will, to being an empath. Um, so, you know, as you know, I was really starting to come into my own as an empath uh, back in 2010, 2011. We were still living in California. I was going to massage school and uh, I was around a lot of empaths and hippie types. And um, that really opens up your world to understanding energy and intention. And I think that's where I really, really learned a lot about um, everything from energy and intention to uh, how other people see themselves. And so, uh, you know, uh, because I would say half of my class were self-described as empaths. And so does that just mean that us hippie dippy types just naturally think that or do you think there's something to it do you think there's more to it how would you you know describe yourself and how did you get uh to the point where you know you you started to say oh yeah maybe i am intuitive um i've always been shy very introverted and it was only within the past few years i think that i kind of started realizing that empath might be something that describes me um Mm -hmm. i've just always been I can usually get a really good first impression of people and I'm usually not wrong. I get senses of people and their motives Mm -hmm. and what kind of person they are Me too. (laughs) and situations. Right. So I never really knew there was a word for it. I don't think until the last few years. And then I kind of decided, yeah, I think I am a little bit, not as much as you. Yeah. Well, but somewhat it's believe me, it's more of a curse than a blessing, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Um, you know, uh, for for us as a couple, you know, that, you know, uh, except for when she's at work, we are around each other pretty much 24-7. And we've been that way for, you know, 12 years. And um, being in confined quarters in uh, the trailer park, if you will, here in the trailer, <laughs> we, um, we're, we're, we've got uh, roommates who are uh, family members. And so we have, uh, you know, uh, we have to kind of put up uh, energetic barriers if you will because they're not always on our energetic you know uh level if you will not better or worse just different Mm -hmm. um but um what what would you say you know being with me all this time um what what's the good aspects and the bad aspects of being sort of uh, vibed tuned into each other and and just having that connection with each other that's sometimes a little bit too much Good aspects are that it just makes it, we definitely have a lot of the same interests and likes, and it's mm. nice to have somebody that understands me and how I'm feeling. The bad is 
sometimes if I'm in a pissy mood or feeling anxious, I don't want that to rub off on you and I try to hide it. But even mm-hmm. when I'm trying to hide it, you pick up on it. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Unfortunately, um, yesterday uh, we, you know, it wasn't a bad day. You know, uh, most days I don't wake up automatically feeling negativity or darkness. But yesterday um, <clears throat> my mom had a coughing fit. And it was scary because she was choking and she couldn't catch her breath. And um, and I said to my wife that I was sensing something, that something was here trying to plague us, you know. And I know that sounds crazy and out there, but every once in a while I get this feeling like um, the outside world is trying to um, uh, sort of impede on your life. You know, it's like the Grim Reaper, so to speak, comes in and he's looking for a, for a victim and sometimes you got to smack him in the face and say, not here, not today, Satan, you know, (laughs) but, um, but I told my wife, I said, you know, energetically, I'm sensing that something is going to go down. And sure enough, my aunt comes out a couple hours later and is complaining of having, uh, she shows, she pulls down a part of her, uh, collar of her shirt and she's got this great big bloody, uh, hematoma that was really scary. It looked like she got shot. I mean, it was huge couple inches yeah. big. Yeah. And so we had to rush her off to the hospital to make sure she was okay. And turns out <clears throat> she just had a, a bad, uh, you know, vessel burst underneath her skin. She's not sure how she did it. She could have been scratching, but, um, but she was complaining of, uh, you know, like she was going to lose consciousness. She was feeling dizzy. And so I freaked out. And uh, we, we, we think now that because she, they ran a bunch of tests and because she's on blood thinners and stuff. And so we were worried that maybe she was bleeding out or something and that maybe she was having some internal bleeding. But it turns out, you know, with all the blood tests and stuff that she wasn't bleeding internally or anything like that. Um, but it just um, I sensed it before it happens. And I, I'm yeah. so tired of being right. You know, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a, any kind of ego way. It's 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 more of a curse than a blessing. But just to be. Uh, psychically tuned into life can be taxing. And um, so I just wanted to kind of ask you, you know, what do you, you know, because you, you know how I have learned to, to deal with it. How, how do you deal with it? I don't really have any tricks or anything. And I don't think I ever consciously deal with it, especially because I'm not as strong as you. So mm. there's nothing really that I feel like I have to do. Some days I kind of pull in on myself, which I guess would be a way of dealing with it without really realizing mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'm doing. Right. But because of my introvertism, I don't even know if that's a word. I but, think that's it, yeah. But I, yeah, I do kind of just pull in on myself and pull back and kind of step back and just kind yeah. of observe more than be involved well, in the world. Yeah, no, I get it. And, you know, I think that's why sometimes it's nice to be with you in terms of, I mean, aside from loving your company, but... I, I like being with you because you're energetically neutral, but I think that's because you've you've spent so many years being an introvert and kind of a bookworm and a quieter type that you've learned to take your energy and pull it in. And that might have a little bit to do with, you know, sort of your upbringing with your father. Uh, she, her, her dad is a wonderful man, by the way. But, you know, back in those days, you know, it was the 70s and 80s and he was stressed out and he was raising three kids and he he drank to uh, get away from his problems. Uh, he's since quit. But but um, do you think maybe that you've learned energetically to sort of it's like holding in a fart, you know, like <laughs> you're kind of holding in your energy because you're afraid that energy might upset or disturb someone? 
Probably. I think that's mm-hmm. exactly it. Sometimes I just felt like I wanted to make myself as small as possible and didn't want to get in anybody's way. And so energetically, I made myself small. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me energetically. Like I sense that. I sense you, but most people I sense um, just very plainly. It's like, ah, with my wife, she's energetically neutral. I've said it before. And so uh, what it is, it's almost like uh, energetic camouflage, you know, where I I sense you, but I sense that I can't get a read. You know, it's kind of like... you're putting up some kind of, uh, you know, vibe blocker or something. Yeah, like a you shield. Know. Yeah, exactly. Or- right, right. Um, what What is it like for you to be with a, a guy who's both, you know, served in the military and been a tough guy and all that, and now kind of really embraces his more sensitive side? Uh, what's the good and bad of that? Do you, do you have any advice for that? I like it. It's the best of both worlds. You're, I feel... Physically, I feel safe with you, going places with you and being at home. And But it's I'm nice flattered. to have someone that's emotional, too, and you're not afraid of showing mm. your feelings and feeling your feelings. So it's actually, yeah. it's really the best of both worlds, and I really like it. Yeah, well, that's kind of what happened with me is, you know, years and years and years of working and being around people has taught me uh, the good and bad aspects of, of opening yourself up energetically, you know, um, I, you know, now that I'm a podcaster and I'm getting a little bit more popular, I'm dealing with people online that you can tell are just jerks. They're just, they're fucking assholes. And I don't like being, you know, you guys know me. I'm not a, um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't prejudge people. I don't, um, I don't, I try not to put judge people at all. I just try to let people be themselves. And, you know, I don't mind if people give me a little bit of, you know, poking and prodding, especially if it's in jest. But then there's just people like today, like this guy, you know, I, I posted this thing on uh, Instagram where it's got uh, a picture of Michael Phelps. And then behind him is the picture of the lifeguard. And it says, if you're ever feeling useless in life, remember that there's, you know, lifeguards for the Olympics. And I got a couple people that are like, you know, Mr. Man or whatever. Um, you know, they can drown too, you know, and it's like, it was so fucking Karen, you know, and it's like, and I blocked them and I, I, I don't want to block people because honestly, I want to be open and accessible to everybody. But when people are just like, can't take a fucking joke and they know, oh, gee, maybe this guy's a comedian. It does say chef bride comedy every fucking where, like you would Mm -hmm. think they would understand that it's a joke and it's meant it's intention, because, you know, energy equals intention. My intention is to reach out to people to say, hey, you might feel useless, but you're not as useless as this guy. And it's just a joke. And then they take it so literally. I have noticed in my years working with the public that there are a lot of people without a shred of a sense of humor. Yeah. And, 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 and they just, you know what it seems like and feels like to me as an empath is that a lot of guys, um, like I don't get along very well and I wish I did because I have no reason to not get along, but I energetically, I do not get along with, um, uh, middle-aged men. Like, I mean, I had that altercation that one time here in the mobile home park with that dude. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that one time at the grocery store, yeah, (laughs) twice at the grocery store. 
Yeah. Um, but it just seems like that uh, era, because I'm, uh, hey, I grew up in that era too. You know, I my uncle is from that era, uh, my mom, and, you know, everyone I, I know that's older than me grew up in the 60s and 70s. So I have nothing against the quote unquote boomers. I'm not an okay boomer kind of guy, but uh, I just noticed a, a, a trend with, males in general especially uh, old school males uh they're they're insecure and they have to prove how tough they are and because i'm a big guy who lifts weights and stuff they always feel like they have to like you know just dig at you and find any reason to put you down or put you in your place and that's what's been really hard for me like uh career wise is that you know, you go work anywhere and you've got a handful of, of insecure, uh, just jerky people who are always, you know, looking to, to put you in your place. And when you've been through the military and you've been through as much shit as I have and you grew up poor like me and you've been in fights and you've had, you know, years and years of uh, training with weapons and tactics and uh, I've been in judo, I've been in karate. I mean, I'm not like the world's toughest guy. I'm like the strongest of the week, you know, <laughs> but, but I'm no, I'm not a pushover and I'm a pretty big guy. And I just don't understand why it seems like there's so much insecurity and so much um, hostility in our culture. And you really see it in politics. I mean, what, what do you, what, I mean, you work with the public. What do you think is the fuck wrong with fucking people anymore? <laughs> I think it's society. Society is super uptight and some people are still holding on, kicking and screaming to the whole manly man persona yeah. and the fuck your feelings crowd mm -hmm. and feeling or showing any signs of feelings as a sign of weakness. And it's just an yeah. outdated idea, but so yeah. many people are just hanging on to it and can't it is. evolve. And Well, that's like um, all these like Trump supporters who think Trump is so manly, like, that guy is a, a ball of beta male. He, there's nothing manly about the guy. Like he's not buff. He doesn't have hairy arms. He doesn't have a deep voice. He doesn't carry himself like he's masculine. He he's like, and, and I don't want to make this political, you know, because to each their own, you know. But but what the, you know, what do you think it is in our society where, um, quote unquote tough guys and manly men always seem to gravitate towards jerky assholes. Do they just, what, what, what is their deal? I think just because they project that people, if they talk tough or say tough things, whether they're actually that kind of person or not, yeah, they just listen to the words and it turns them on or something. I, think, I don't know. I, I don't think they it. love, you know, extracting liberal tears. Like they're just yeah. so into like hurting liberals. Like, and anybody who's sensitive and it doesn't even have to be real. Like, like you, like me, I'm not, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a, I'm sort of a centrist. I'm sort of a, I mean, yes, I'm progressive and, but I'm small P progressive. I don't, I'm not like the woke mafia, you know, like I, I don't look that way. Like most people, if you see me outside, you know, I'm wearing a, a trucker cap with a American flag on it. I look just like them. And so it makes me wonder, you know, what what their deal is. What are they are they just do you think they'll ever grow up? Do you ever think that people like that will learn? The large majority, no. Yeah. I just think they feel threatened. I don't know why. Yeah. They live their lives, other people live their own lives and 
doesn't matter what each other does, but for some reason they feel like they have to be on top of everything. Well, and yeah, and it feels like a very inherent, not only sense of entitlement, like white entitlement, like, hey, this country's being taken from us by the by the sissies, by the brown people, by the by the uh, you know moocher class, you know what. We, we got to get our country back. And who do they think? I mean, the people who are actually taking over the country are the ultra rich, ultra right wing uh, corporations. They're the ones that are fucking this country all up. Why do you think that it's so important to them uh, to sort of, you know, be entirely upset at people who really have no intention of hurting them whatsoever? What what do you think that is? I think. There want to be rich people, a lot of them, yeah. and they they try to connect with the actual rich people because that's that's what they're going to be, and that's who they're going to be in the future, whether they mm-hmm. are or not. They don't actually pay attention to where their real situation is. They project into how they want to be. I I so yeah. don't understand it because they just hurt themselves, and it just does not make sense. Well, they do hurt themselves because they vote for things that that protect the rich and help the rich, like those tax cuts for the wealthy that Trump did. His own his only real accomplishment legislatively was that big tax breaks for the rich, and 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 so you, every day you you know you watch like Fox News or segments of Fox News, and it's always them railing against things that are quote unquote not masculine or not tough. What do you think yeah. that, what is that? I think it's just old school ideas that some people just hang on to. Regressive Re- mentalities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because the thing is for me is like, do I walk around acting like a tough guy? No. But do I act, do I sit around acting like some kind of hippie spiritualist? No, I, I'm somewhere in the You're middle. Just yourself. Right. You right. allow yourself to be yourself. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just, I've learned over time that it's just a lot easier to um, live your life just being yourself, you know? And um, I mean, that's the main reason why I'm doing this podcast is I'm trying to get people who aren't feeling good about themselves, who are having anxieties, who maybe don't fit into society. uh, What, you know, I want them to feel good. I want them to understand that tomorrow is always a different day and that you can always make choices that are going to empower you rather than choices that are going to fling and hurl you into the the machine, if you will, that's just going to chew you up and spit you out, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's, that's really why I'm doing this and why I'm doing comedy now is that I wanted to energetically pull away from uh, society because when I go work regular jobs now, um, man, I mean, I don't look out of place, but I feel out of place. Mm -hmm. Boy, do I feel out of place. Do you feel that way at work? Yes. Yeah, very much so. But the good news is, is that you have other people that work with you that also feel that yeah, way, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, that's... kind of band together. If I didn't have people like that that I worked with, it would it would be hell. Yeah, and that kind of goes into a couple things that I wanted to talk about is um, is uh, the psychic link between empaths. Um, sometimes it just feels like when you are around certain types of people, um, you, there's certain traits that all empaths seem to share, not all of them, but a lot of them. And I'll just list a few of them here, but like empaths always seem to be um, like into dark shit. Like they love Mm -hmm. spookiness. They love Halloween. uh, They love horror movies. And uh, why would you suppose that quote unquote, the most sensitive among us are into 
some like true crime and murder mysteries and all that fucked up shit, you would think as empaths that would really upset us. How yeah. how do we reconcile that? And what do you think it is that draws us to the darker side of life? I honestly don't know because it does feel really the opposite of what it should be. Um, maybe like with the true crime and the horror and stuff, maybe it's we're kind of drawn to the psychological aspects of it. Yeah. And we don't put ourselves in those people's positions because mm-hmm. if I did, true crime would not be a thing I could deal with. Right. It is very weird. I really, I honestly don't understand it because it's. Yeah. Well, I think I, on true crime, you know, uh, stories and TV shows and whatever, I, it's, you're not seeing the murders. You're not, um, it's not shown or depicted in a way that's graphic. And so it becomes almost like, uh, you know, I don't want to say it, it, it loses the impact, but it kind of um, becomes more scientific and it's mm-hmm. more of an examination of so the psychology of people. And the sociology. And the right. And the sociology of human beings more so than the yeah. actual violent aspects to it themselves. Right. Yeah. I think that's part mm-hmm. of it. Definitely trying to understand the human condition and how people get to be the way they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. I got my list here and we're going. So I got here uh, vibing off of each other. Um, Do you find, would you prefer being around someone that isn't an empath or do you prefer being around someone who is? I think someone who is, I think I've noticed that people who aren't are a lot of times very loud and don't really understand. Mm -hmm. Like when people are around them, the personal space thing and the, I always just, when I'm around people, I want to be quiet and I don't want to bother them because I've noticed like people will just come in and start banging counters and banging doors mm-hmm. and just with no. They're I, energetically obnoxious. Yes, that's a good way yeah. to put it. And I think most people who aren't empathic at all are like that. And well, I can't stand being And contrary people. to people's probable beliefs of me, is that I'm not nearly as loud and obnoxious as I come across on the show. Like, I, I, I've always been sort of extroverted and, you know, that's the thing like for me, that's always been weird is like, um, you like, because a lot of people ask me, well, why aren't you funny on your podcast? Why don't you make this kind of a, a chuckle fest, you know? And the truth of the matter is, is that energetically I'm trying to appeal to sensitive people and, and intuitive people and people who are grieving. And I don't think those people energetically want you know, um, chuckles the clown. They don't want you doing that uh, song and dance of always Mm -hmm. trying to be funny. Because when I go on like uh, Instagram, for example, um, we're a small community of comedians that sort of uh, help each other and we talk to each other and we kind of boost each other up and uh, give each other encouragement and stuff. And while I probably have just as much um, desire to be funny as them, I don't do like daily videos like Godfrey and all these people where, you know, like, you know, Mark Marin does them like all these comedians. They're always on there trying to be funny or trying to be um, different. I, I just I, I, I'm kind of <clears throat> I'm I actually want to start getting into that more because I feel mm-hmm. like I want to be more accessible for people because I want people to understand that I'm not trying to be standoffish. It's just that mm-hmm. as an empath, I really do have to sort of build a barrier between myself and the outside world because sometimes people get in that really aren't 
kind or, and really don't respect your sensibilities. Um, any advice for, for me on that? Like, what would you say I should do in terms of how to deal with, um, quote unquote strangers who I want to be my friend, but I can't always let those people in because some people Mm -hmm. don't know where the line is. Just keep being yourself. And I think being yourself and talking about these things, it does allow other people that think they're alone out there or think they're the only ones that are feeling this way. I think it's important to have that voice out there. And just because you're a comedian doesn't mean you're on all the time and you're funny all the time. It's most comedians, they they go on stage and that's their act and their life is just life. Yeah. It's not a 24 seven slapstick funny. No. Well, see, and for me, I, I did this, because I wanted, I had a strong desire to connect with people. And I, and so I, I don't want to filter everybody out who talks to me, even if they're being a little bit of a wise ass, I don't just block everybody who's a little bit of a wise ass. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, sometimes funny is funny, you know? And so I give some people that leeway. Um, but sometimes I feel like I have to draw the line because um, it feels like some people, like I said, are being jerky and insecure and, like that one guy, you know, he, I looked him up and this guy was being rude to me. And uh, I looked him up and it says he's the founder of a church. I'm like, a real fucking Christian of you there, guy. Typical. Yeah, you know, and that's, I think that's my problem with um, not religion, but religious people is oftentimes they hide behind mm-hmm. the symbology of religion without actually having the traits of being a good Christian. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I can't talk. Absolutely. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, a lot of them are very hypocritical. Yeah. And they aren't empathic at all. And they're just very forward. And just with people like that, because you're an empath, you can just kind of tell where they're coming from. And yeah. there's no point in wasting time and back and forth or yelling online with people like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've always found that um, people, you know, there's just some people that I feel like they're not going to learn in a time frame that I have the time to wait for. And it's not your job to educate people. And it's, well, well, I do to educate, but not to yeah. waste time on people that are just never going to cause learn. problems. They don't want to learn. Yeah. Right. You exactly. Exactly. Um, but what do you, what do you think um, like being around me, you know, cause I just want to move on from this, but the vibe that we feel from each other, um, because I've, I've learned just being with you that, um, you know, just, just, we get in each other's way energetically a lot where we might bump in, into each other energetically and your energy and my energy aren't always copacetic, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, for, for people out there who are married, you know, cause you don't even have to really be an empath to, to experience mm-hmm. this, but married people that are around each other all the time, um, are constantly and dip, you know, because you, you can't be in the same mood all the time. You know, I get into moods where I get really nostalgic and I get really sad and down or very serious or whatever. And then you're in the opposite mood or something. What, what would be your advice to married couples who are maybe energetically, you know, uh, running each other's toes over? Well, especially if it's opposite moods and one of us is happy and one of us is angry or depressed, you have to try to hang on to that happy feeling because it's real easy to pick up the other ones. Mm -hmm. So there's times when you're in good mood and I'm feeling depressed or anxious and you pick it up Mm -hmm. instead of being able to hang on to the happy. And I'm the same way too. It's hard to not feed off of each other. 
yeah. so much. And it usually, if one of them, one of the feelings is going to win, it's usually the negative ones for some reason. Those are easier to just fall into instead of being happy or upbeat about things. Yeah. So you just have to try, just try to learn. You, you got to hang on to what you're doing and try to put up a little bit of a wall. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've got a few topics that I've introduced and I just want to kind of tie up loose ends before we move uh, forward. But uh, the one here is um, uh, social media. Uh, you know, now that I'm getting a little bit more popular, um, I'm, you know, I'm nowhere near famous yet, but you know, I, I'm having more people kind of spring up and uh, uh, it's almost uh, accidental. It seems that I'm getting more and more uh, likes on certain posts. Like I got one that had 800 likes on it and I think they just changed the algorithm. I don't think that has anything to do with me. Yeah, that was just a weird jump. Yeah, but it's but it's opening me up to quote unquote the general population, gen pop. (laughs) And I've always said that the general population of society is sort of like the lowest common denominator of class, intelligence, Mm -hmm. and dignity. And while I'm trying to be a a, you know a teacher and uh, you know an influencer and and a positive force in people's life, uh, how would you say uh, I should uh, handle uh, people that aren't really, you know, coming correct? You can, <laughs> excuse me. You can usually tell the ones I think that are in it just to cause problems. Yeah. It's just, it's pretty I easy to right. weed those ones out from the other people and just block them. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I know people that are YouTubers and bloggers and they get so much negativity and you just have to block them. You don't, don't take it to heart. Just kind of ignore them and keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Don't let them get under your skin and right. take time. Absolutely. So <laughs> so I agree. I agree. I just, you know, I try to be polite. And I, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, I'll jab back a little bit. But then because I feel like I'm in a, uh, you know, not to say that I'm famous and they're not or I'm, you know, big shit somebody and they're not because that's not what it is. But sometimes it will appear that way when you are the quote unquote, you know, public figure, uh, you feel the need to be polite and kind to everybody. And every once in a while, because I'm a comedian and a smart ass, I jab back. And and then afterward, I'm like, "Uh, maybe I shouldn't do that. And so I end up deleting Mm. it. I second guess myself because I don't want people to think, wow, he's a real jerk. You know, it's like, because they don't understand that you're trying to be funny. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that's the problem is that when you're a kind person, but you're also somewhat of a, a wise ass, People don't understand that it's only done for the sake of entertainment. And dry sense of humor does not translate well into writing sometimes. Is that Yeah, that so. is very much the case. And that's why I, I always say stuff and I read it back and I'm like, wow, that sounds really <laughs> jerky. I'm going to delete that. But yeah. So moving on, um, you know, I, I, I know that, you know, a lot of people, you know, you most regular people, like I said, don't self-describe them as empaths. But I venture to say that a good majority of people are at least a little bit intuitive or, or sensitive in that way. Um, you know, I know that hypersensitivity for me, you know, because like there was a time <clears throat> where I was trying to be um, all empath. And as a, as a result, I felt very... Um, imbalance you know i because there's a guy side and a regular side to me too um and and and, you know and that's kind of what's going on in our 
cultural zeitgeist, if you will, is that everybody's trying to be one extreme or another, you know, like, oh, well, I'm sophisticated. Oh, well, I'm mature. Oh, well, I care about the issues. And so anytime you try to do or say anything that's sort of contrary to what we would call um, caring and, and being in good taste, it's a really hard line to, 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 draw, to draw that line, that distinction between being caring but also being funny and then also just wanting to be a regular dude. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want people to think I'm just some you know, guru or some spiritualist or something because I'm also just a regular guy. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. You just have to try to kind of let yourself be. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, and that's why I try to be accessible to everyone. Like, you know, I'm just a regular person. You know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, dodgeball. I'm just white. I'm just white. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So, good job, baby. Uh, let's see. We're going to move on to, do you have uh, certain days or times where energetically you sense things out there just by the time of the day or, or the time of the year or whatever. Cause I do. And I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhat, not as much as you, but mm-hmm. um, especially during the summer, it's just, everything feels extroverted and loud and <laughs> out and in your face yeah. because people are out and doing their thing and people get more extroverted. Mm-hmm. I think this time of year. And I definitely feel it. Um, Especially up here, yeah, definitely. where it's rainy and everybody's kind of indoors, and then all of a sudden, yeah, it feels energetically like everybody lost their fucking minds. Yeah, you know, like you go out there and like, um, you know, everybody's wearing tank tops, and even if it's only sixty-two degrees, everybody's out there, and it feels like you know, and I'm okay with that energy sometimes, mm-hmm. most of the time, because even though it's extroverted. Um, I, so long as it's good natured and it's, it's coming from a, you know, place of genuineness, I don't mind that. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like, well, yeah, because I think that's another trait that a lot of, um, you know, quote unquote, uh, intuitives, uh, have is not only do they have that spooky side, but yeah, they like more sprint, uh, cold, cooler weather, darker, you know, usually they're night owls. There seems to be a lot of commonality in what I would call sensitive types. Um, do you want to just kind of speak on that a little bit? Oh, well, I was just going to actually about what we were just talking about. Because I work in the grocery store, actual weekends are never my weekends, but there is definitely a different feel to people on like Friday nights and Saturday mm-hmm. nights also, as opposed to Sunday evenings when everybody's getting ready to go back to work. Definitely. And I can definitely feel a difference. Yeah, um, absolutely. Is it a good or bad thing? or It just is. I mean, just is, people yeah. can be a little bit crankier on mm. Sunday nights because they know they, know they, they have, have to, to get up back. and go to work. Yeah. And the people that have the Monday through Friday. Yeah. And it does make it a little more pleasant on Friday nights and Saturdays because people are in a better mood. Yeah, I sense that, that too. Sense. And, and you know, I know that <clears throat> when we were down in California, Thursday nights were uh, farmer's market night. And that always seemed to bring out the... Um, the, the week's almost over vibe yeah. and you go out and everybody's trying to have fun. Everybody's starting their weekend early and stuff. Um, and so I think even though we're up here and it's a totally different vibe, I miss that. But I even I get that a little bit here, too, where um, Mondays energetically. I don't know why, but recently I've been waking up in the mornings to pee or whatever, and I sense it. 
I, especially if like the windows open, I just sense this like uh, anxiety and dread. And then by, I don't know, 10, 10 30, it, it's not there anymore. Yeah. And I thought, is that me? Am I, am I just going through that? Is, is this, is this me sort of knowing it's Monday? But the thing is, is I don't give a shit if it's Monday mm-hmm. podcasting job. I don't really feel you know, like I have to go yeah. back to a nine to five job. So it doesn't really affect me in that way. But I do sense the that dread and that sort of darkness and that sort of um, anxiety. It's a very anxious feeling. It feels like I'm wired on negative energy for yeah. an hour or two and then it goes away. Um, but uh, contrary, on the contrary, on Fridays or, and even Thursdays like today, I sense uh, kind of like a, yeah, an excitement, an excitability. It's kind of like... Mm-hmm. Uh, High school, when you reach the weekend, it's got that exciting feel. Do you sense that at work? I do, definitely. Which is kind of weird because, like, today is Thursday, but it's my Sunday. So tomorrow is Friday, which is my Monday. Right. And it's a little, it's weird because people will be like, oh, have a good weekend. It's like, yeah, it's it's the start of my week. But I can definitely feel it. But does that help you, though? It does help me, actually. your first day back is kind of like everybody else's. Mm Mm-hmm. Chill so day. it's yeah, it's their chill day. So the air feels lighter and the the mood feels lighter. So yeah, it does help me because it kind of seeps into me. And by the middle of my week, it's yeah. the end of other people or the beginning of other. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But, oh, I know. Exa- you know. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Don't don't worry about it, babe. You got this. She's having a day, you guys. We're, I am. We, she got she was getting over a migraine, so she's uh she's like nerp. Exactly. We're, we're in your corner, Han. Uh, we're not <laughs> laughing at you. We're laughing with you. <laughs> exactly. Um, so just to tie that up, you know, we've got the social media part uh, crossed off the list. Um, I have written here our obsession with the paranormal and the spooky side of life. And how do you reconcile your sensitivity with the darker aspects of life? Don't empaths hate everything dark or negative. So just kind of go, yeah. Go on that. But I find that that's yeah, that's the opposite. It seems like people that are introverted and empathic do prefer the macabre, and I'm not quite sure why that is. Maybe because it's it's usually dark. I'm a night owl. I like the dark. It's usually quiet. It's usually more more reserved and more inner feeling instead Mm -hmm. of just super extroverted and out there. Yeah, that's that. Just the feeling of it, I think yeah. that's the only reason because it feels quieter, it feels more introverted. Yeah, because like we we do a lot of you know, especially in the evenings when it's dark, we watch you know paranormal shows and uh, you know we we watch YouTube videos of ghost stuff and um, but yeah, I, I just I like the feeling of it because um, it feels like when you have a bunch of people that have an interest in the weird shit and weird shit out there shit. Um, it kind of builds a community and that mm-hmm. community um, all seem to have certain traits and characteristics. I would say all those people tend to be a little bit more uh, sensitive, uh, whether that be energetically mm-hmm. sensitive or emotionally sensitive. Um, I think that those people tend to just want, they, they enjoy sort of the, um, the funner aspects, the weirder side of life. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, because I think a lot of people, um, there's two kinds of people, and that's the the people who are trying to fit into society, and then there's the, those who are just going out of their way to not fit into society. And I'm I'm not trying to not fit in, but I'm definitely one of those people that's like, you know, you can only go and you can only learn so much and go so far trying to appease 
society and trying mm-hmm. to fit into society. So I'm at a point now where, sure, I want to be liked and uh, I want people to respect me for my mind and for my uh, my experience and whatnot. Um, and there's a lot of people out there who, you know, that's kind of my problem with like working workaday jobs is you go out there and, you know, I'm relatively young looking. And so people think that, you know, they don't respect you as a veteran. They don't respect your training. They don't respect you. They don't even respect their, that you in the sense that you're bigger than them and you could whoop their ass. <laughs> like, it just feels to me like anytime anybody's threatened anymore by people, they're picking up. I don't know if they're picking up vibes, but they're like, they, they assume that you think you're better than them. And all you're trying to do is be classy. You know, I've said mm-hmm. it before is that I'm attracted to people who are classy and who can be themselves. It has nothing to do with, you know, being like me, you don't have to be like me for me to like you. You just have to be yourself. And so when I, you know, energetically sense people that are um, sort of not well put together and don't learn and don't grow and um, seem always perturbed about differences, that jingoism, that xenophobia, um, it just, it's a big turnoff for me. And so, you know, like I, on social media, people assume that because I'm trying to be a comedian that I'm, a celebrity. They treat me like I'm Joe Rogan or somebody. It's like, dude, I've got a long way to go. Like, I'm just trying to be a regular person. I don't think people understand that these days, energetically, we have to protect ourselves. And so that will kind of go into what I call blocking and filtering. But um, what do you think uh, is the best way to sort of, um, you know, as a working person who has to go out there and coexist with society, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you fake it? How do you get through it? You know, how do you block? Faking it is exactly what it is. I have my, my customer service voice, my customer service persona. And sometimes I literally feel like I'll, I'll turn around and put on a smile and talk to the people. And then as soon as they leave, my face just falls and everything drops. And so it is, it is an act and it is very tiring. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's, hard when you're trying not to pick up on feelings well people and that's my problem is that um you know because i i try very hard to be a good person to everybody um even if you're different even if you're a trump supporter i don't care about that stuff what i care about is the content of your character and so i i i try to be that and i try to be an intellectual and i try to be an emotionally sensitive person and helpful but there's just some people that they don't they haven't heard a single word of your podcast. They they don't know who you are. They don't know what you care about. And so they come at you just like everyone else. And it feels like a prison. You know, like I said, general pop, gen pop. It's like everybody just looking for, you know, they've got their little shiv. And they're just looking to stab you mm-hmm. and kill you. Because it's almost like they've gotten so guarded and so used to energetically guarded that they've, they've, they've decided to go on the war path. With everyone, and I find those people are fucking exhausting, and yes. you deal with them all the time, yeah, not just the mask holes and the Trump supporters and the crazy angry people, and but then you've got the Karens, and so, I mean, because, I mean, we all, you know, because we make fun of people that are uptight, and we call them Karens, and no offense to people named Karen, of course, but, you know, Karen, for me, is a person that comes sort of incorrect, that she's overstating her needs it almost comes off as entitlement they they demand perfection Mm -hmm. and they're 
that spoiled entitled culture of perfectionism they don't they seem to have that for everybody else but they don't have it for themselves it's okay that they fuck up and make mistakes mm-hmm. but god forbid the grocery store worker have a bad yeah. day or or make That's a mistake exactly it. you just kind of have to ignore it and block it and move mm-hmm. on yeah because you can't take that kind of stuff to heart That's the kind of thing you definitely have to put a wall up yeah up well for. and and just so the audience knows yeah she gets home and if it's one of those days where she's been, um, you know, psych- psychologically dragged through the mud, um, I have to remind her to, you know, kind of wipe wipe your hands clean of it. Yeah. And it's hard because sometimes it hurts your feelings or sometimes it just piss you, pisses you off or sometimes it just puts you in a bad mood. The fact that we have to live in a society full of mean-spirited, rude and and the part that gets me the most is the immaturity of it, you know, because I love being immature. I'm a dork. I, I make transformer sounds with my nose. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love being a nerd. You know, I love being silly and goofy and immature, but for the sake of fun and for the sake of comedy and for the sake of getting along with people. Um, but then there's this other kind of immaturity, and that's the kind where a 45 to 55 to 65-year-old man uh, doesn't feel... Uh, energetically grounded. They feel like they're always going on the attack of people. And these people, the ones that are so demanding, uh, you know, perfection of others seem to be the least perfect motherfuckers on the planet. What, yeah, what do you think that is? I honestly don't know. Do you think it's that's entitlement for no reason? And it's probably insecurity yeah. at all. Well, you know, yeah, because I mean, like myself, I'm a veteran you know, I've dangled from fucking helicopters. I've I've done a bunch of crazy shit in my past, and I worked very hard during that time. And I I'm very proud to be a soldier. Um, but that was you know over 25 years ago, and so since then, you know, I tried to learn the discipline and the the camaraderie and the maturity of learning, uh, you know, skills and tactics. Um, I've tried to apply to everything in my life, from my cooking and being a chef to uh, generally just treating people decently in our society. But you'll find because of the way I look, I don't look like I'm 65 years old. I look like I'm in my thirties, even though I'm in my late forties, you know, I have a hard time dealing with people that are just always going on the war path, always looking for something they can say or do to, to use against you, to, to whittle you down, to chip away at your self-esteem, to chip away at your sense of worth. And so for me, it's not that those people get to me in the moment. It's uh, collectively that when I go work regular jobs, I don't feel like I have a single day where people don't give me a hard time. And that's where I get cumulatively and energetically tired because I could be evolving my ass off and unless I, you know, turn into a pure beam of fucking energy and literally disappear like the rapture, um, these people can't see that growth. And so they're always treating you like what they think you are versus what you really are. And so that's the really the hardest thing with me. Um, good example is like um, when I the first iteration of this podcast, I used to be called the Briar Patch. And uh, I used to have a little YouTube channel, but when I realized that I wanted to go more towards the radio aspect of it, um, <clears throat> you know, I was uh, constantly um, feeling like uh, energetically, like um, people were just always 
giving me a hard time. And when I would shave my beard, it's almost like people were like, didn't like me as much. Like, I guess people like you look more like a teddy bear with the beard. And so it's almost like it takes away those soft edges and, and they think you're more of an asshole or a jerk or they think you're a young, brash college kid or something. You know, so so looks has a lot to do with it. And it's unfortunate because, you know, I've tried to sort of temper myself energetically um, and that energy and intention sort of works on most people. But there are just those people that can't get past your physical uh, traits. I think those people aren't empathic at all or yeah. they aren't in touch with their feelings. So right. they have to take everything at face value. So they see you, they make an assumption like me with my purple hair and my blue lipstick. And some mm-hmm. people will just look at me and just automatically treat me like I'm less than them or I'm weird or right. they have no idea what actual me is because they literally can't feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and that's another common misconception is that empaths and sensitives and intuitives uh, are emotionally damaged or emotionally weak. I've even said that there are some people who are going through emotional crises and and they think they're empaths when what they really are is just hurt. They're just hurting. They're girl or boy interrupted, you know. Um, and so that's not to say that, that they may not have those traits. But I I find that um, because people, I think people nowadays, they, they want validation. They want to feel, um, you, you know, energetically um, validated. They want people to respect them. Um, and so that's what I'm catching a lot of these days. Like when I sort of poke fun at, um, Instagram exercise, fitness people, it's because I have nothing against that in and of itself. Um, but what I'm catching is a, like, they don't feel secure unless they're buff. They don't feel secure unless they're tan. They don't feel secure unless they have those tattoos. It's almost like they're putting on a mask because they're afraid that people might see the real them. You know, uh, Mark Maron uh, has this comedy bit where he talks about um, when he's with other dudes and how um, real alphas can sense his beta maleness and mm-hmm. how being around tough dudes makes him feel like uh, energetically like he has like he's, he knows he's not a true alpha you know, and mm-hmm. and so I, I sense that, too, where, you know, I'm trying to be myself and I'm trying to be passionate and I'm trying to live my life robustly. Um, but it always feels like for me, energetically, when people are giving you grief, um, not just at the workplace, but in life and social media and everywhere, um, that they're really what they're saying is, is that they don't have a lot of self-esteem in themselves. And um, they don't have a lot of respect for you trying something new and different. You know, I don't think people understand that the reason why I'm going into, you know, comedy and writing and voice work uh, is for humanitarian purposes. I feel a glorious sense of purpose, you know, to, to borrow Loki's phrasing, <laughs> uh, you know, in, in helping people. Uh, helping regular people. And so I, you know, uh, part of me wants to be like a Jedi, but then part of me wants to be fun loving too. And so I find it terribly hard to balance that energetically. Yeah, it is. And I, I go into every interaction open to respecting a person for who they are and what they are. But if I sense that they're coming at me wrong, I, I, yeah, it's like I put down a shield. 
and I just kind of shut myself off, and it's just like robotic from there on out. If yeah. I can sense that they're coming at me not correct. You know they're not just, coming correct, so you just tune out. Just, yeah. Yeah, I do and, that too. Yeah. I do that too. And it's unfortunate because, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of people like, for example, um, uh, there was a, a woman that I used to work with at Lowe's and she was a lesbian. So of course she was somebody that I naturally wanted to be friends with because I want gay people and trans people. And I want that community to understand that I'm for you. I'm on your side. Um, but she was weird because she was a lesbian and she believed in all this progressive stuff, but she was a Trump supporter and she was like an alpha male type. Her energy was alpha male. So she was ribbing you and, you know, like almost to the point of sexual harassment. She'd poke fun at like my nipples poking through my shirt. And it got so bad to where we just stopped being friends. Like I was mm-hmm. like, we just had a energetic, uh, you know, uh, where energetically we weren't mixing anymore. We were water and oil. And so I, we, we went our separate ways. Yeah. You have to know when you have to let it go because there's a point, like when I don't engage with customers, there's a point where if I let it in energetically, it's going to drain me. It's going to make me feel bad about myself. It's going to make me upset and I can't let that happen. So you have to know when to protect yourself. Let people go for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I so agree. Uh, let me look over my list here. Um, there was something I wanted to say and then I forgot what the heck it was. Um, we were going to talk about animals. Yes. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. So yeah. So empaths, um, are generally, um, animal lovers in most cases. Um, you know, we, we have a richer, deeper emotional life, and sometimes that can be a good thing, but oftentimes it can be very anxiety inducing. And so I kind of wanted to talk about what was going on with our cat situation. We, as many of you guys know, we're cat people. Um, <clears throat> our cats died in 2019, four months apart. Uh, a little a few months later, we got Gouda. Y'all seen her. She's <laughs> great. She's the best. She is the bestest. But um, and and so. Uh, we we also take care of outdoor feral cats as well. And uh, first, Mr. Man, as we called him, he went on walkabout, never came back. And then um, Blackie, or Mr. Black, as we call him, um, he's our little guy. He's the runt. He's a, a little skinny fella with a white patch of fur. He's black with a white patch of fur. And he's so sweet. You've probably seen him on our Instagram. But um, he he got ran off by that black cat and... Uh, he came back. And so my last uh, report to you guys was that he finally came back after a couple of weeks and he was there for about a week. And then that black cat attacked him again. And, and even though I'm a cat person, this specific cat is a, is a lunatic. He's a, he's a bad egg, you know, and you don't want to judge animals that way. Obviously I would never hurt the guy, but he's kind of screwed up our whole deal. And now none of the cats are around anymore. So we got to the point where, you know, we've kind of cleaned up that area. We're not putting food out anymore. We're not putting water out. And uh, we we brought in those uh, temporary shelters. And so how, how do you feel about that? And how do you reconcile with that? Because for me, it hurts, man. It does. It really does. I You try not to get too attached to those, those animals, but you do, especially yeah. being a sensitive person. And you it do. does hurt. It's yeah. it's really sad. And I can't think about it too much because I will get really upset. And yeah, yeah. Like with the one... A year or so ago, the, 
the little white cat, the, the, the little Whitey. flame point cat. Yeah. And when he was, he came one day and I knew he was really sick and I just got a feeling that he wasn't going to make it. We did have those antibiotics. We gave them to him and he was okay for another few weeks. And yeah. then he just disappeared. And yeah. it's hard not to get too attached. And that's one reason I really, really would love to volunteer at an animal shelter. But I think empathically i wouldn't be able to i yeah. think it would just be make me too sad and too burdened kind of like the way you felt as a as a medical assistant is yes. that when you're ever you know because it's twofold on the one hand when you're around kids who are ill it energetically is hard mm -hmm. but then also dealing with doctors who often don't show the kind of compassion you would expect from doctors as much empathy they're as demanding you expect from doctors they're very demanding yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. and so it, it 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 pulls and draws a lot from you emotionally and that is is energetically exhausting yeah, because you know? i love helping people and that's what i liked mm -hmm. about being a medical assistant and I love being there for them and helping them, but energetically, especially in pediatrics, when we would have patients that would pass away, that was just, yeah. it was the worst. It's and hard. it got to be too much of a drain, and I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the animal situation, you know, when our girls passed away, Abby and Annabelle, um, first it was Annabelle. She was um, she was only about, what, seven years old? Mm, we had had her for... Is it five years? Yeah. Five so so maybe years. she was about 10 she years old, 10, which is still yeah. pretty young for a cat to pass away. She had she got kidney disease. And then shortly after that, uh, Abby, our 15 year old cat, uh, shortly uh, followed suit with the same prognosis, kidney disease. Yeah. And I know that's a very common thing for animals. And, you know, for me, that was very hard. And to this day, there's times where, you know, we have those uh, Google Nest you know, picture frames and we, you know, all our pictures of the past, it, it kind of really helps you uh, energetically feel like your life means something. You know, for me, looking at all of our hiking trail uh, pictures and our, you know, uh, Les Stroud camping adventure with the, the cave tours and just all the adventures we've been on, it really helps me, especially during a pandemic, remember that we used to be people that used to go out all the time and we used to have fun and, and our life still has meaning and value. Um, but then a lot of times when you're looking, uh, you know, you wake up and you see an, an old picture of your cat who's no longer around and their ashes are literally four free, feet from you on the shelf there. Um, God, it can really just tear you up inside. And, um, and so the thing I learned about that is that, you know, like these feral cats, for example, um, you know, when we adopted Gouda, um, we, we decided then and there that it's not how long you have them, but it's, it's kind of like my, my chiropractor friend says, um, it's not the amount of years in your life. It's the amount of life in those years. Mm -hmm. And so I look at it like whether they're with you six years or six months or whatever, it's about them. It's not about us. We're here as, uh, guardians and caretakers of these critters and so that's how i see human beings on this planet is that human beings we're smart enough to know from right from wrong and so we are uh in essence guardians of this earth that means not only are we guardians of the animal kingdom but we are also guardians of each other and we are guardians of our 
ecology, you know, taking care of the planet. And so I just find, you know, that any unsustainable behavior needs to stop because, and it's not about, you know, because, hey, you want to drive a gas guzzler? Have at it, Haas. I'm, I'm into that. You know, like I'm not one of those people that gets upset at every little thing. But I definitely think that, like, for example, you take somebody like um, Cat Scratch Fever Guy. Uh, what's his name? Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent called. He wants his shirt back. <laughs> but you take a guy like that who's into hunting and stuff. I'm not, you know, I grew up, my grandfather was a hunter. I've been hunting. I've sh- shot rifles my whole life. Um, but nowadays, like, I don't own a rifle simply because I have no need for it other than home protection. I don't feel the need energetically uh, to go out there and take life, especially when we have grocery stores. You know, if I was camping, I would maybe have a knife or, or, or a weapon uh, just in case there's a bear or something, you know, because it does happen. Bigfoot is out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But so I understand the need for guns and weapons in a, a protective sense. But I find that just these days that if if you – or Ted Nugent, and if you got every other person to be like you, we wouldn't have any animals left, is the way I see it. So it's an unsustainable point of view. And that's where I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, against you because you defer my politics. You know, you want to be a jerky asshole and live on this planet like you, you know, because a lot of people just think, eh, you know, human beings, just go live your life. And we've had our run and what does it matter how much we pollute the earth and blah, blah, blah. The earth will heal itself when we're all dead. And on a one level, I'm like, yeah, well, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I, I just want to see there be enough people of conscience on our planet to understand that we're guardians of this galaxy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that we have a responsibility to these creatures. And so I just, I don't know for me, um, when I, you know, taking care of Gouda or taking care of those outdoor cats, I see it as a great honor and privilege to, because they trust you and that trust has to be developed and there has to be a maturity there and there has to be an understanding there. Um, you know, I, I still beat myself up, uh, because when our girls died, I was going through a depressive funk and I felt like I wasn't, uh, there enough for them in the end. And yet I know I was, but I feel like I want, I wish I had savored each day now that it's gone. And I, I, it upsets me that I wasn't more present with them. I feel the same way about Kitty. And that was what, 11, 12 years ago that we lost her. And I feel like I made the decision too rashly or too quickly. And it wasn't something I should have done. And and some people, the non-empath people are just like, oh, it's just an animal. Yeah. Get over it. But. I still have strong feelings about that. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people in this world who are going through mental health problems um, can still be sensitive and still be good people. They just might have some issues with something that causes them to have a rage attack or something like that. So I don't think all uh, people with mental health problems have a um, necessarily a anything, you know, they, they don't necessarily have a violent streak or necessarily have a, uh, you know, uh, lacking of compassion. They're not necessarily sociopaths, but yeah, there are seem there seems to be people in this world who the, the non empaths I would say, yeah, are just a little bit more. Um, I don't know. Just it feels. You know what it feels like energetically? 
it feels like the guy who types in all caps mm-hmm. and it feels like it, like if 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 you if this was a person he'd be like hey there how are you doing he'd be the guy that yells everything and <laughs> and how's the weather you know like there's no subtlety there's no nuance with those people everything mm-hmm. has to be sort of like hit them it's in the head out there and yeah, yeah it's like hitting them in the head with a two by four nothing subtlety like i had a roommate like that my roommate charles he was an ex-marine and uh he was a truck driver and uh, i have nothing against marines or truck drivers um because i was a truck driver for a small time um yeah i man i've done too much shit but anyway uh <laughs> but but he was one of those guys that was just fucking oblivious like his wife you know, I would sense what her his wife was feeling. And she was pissed. She's fuming. You could feel the laser beams coming out of her eyes. And he was completely oblivious. And so I just, mm-hmm. those kinds of people, and I do believe that he was a sociopath because um, I won't get into it, but he, her, he and I, our friendship ended very abruptly because he, he attacked me and violently attacked me. We were working at the same place at the army base and he lost his job and I kept my job, you know, and uh, it was because... He felt this need sort of to be superior to people. And so I find a lot of people nowadays, especially, and I'm not trying to poke fun at any conservatives out there that are good intentioned, but there's a lot of conservatives out there who seem um, just bent on destruction, bent on tearing things down, bent on, uh, you know, anything they find to be stupid or silly or gay or lame or whatever it's the fuck your feelings crowd right and those people i think are attracted to conservatism because um you know and those same people now are wanting them to respect their feelings Mm -hmm. hey trump this and trump that i don't give a fuck about trump and i don't give a fuck about you sorry you never gave a fuck about me for four years now i gotta gotta give a fuck about you Mm -hmm. you know but but i find that sociopathic those sociopathic tendencies those are the people that are really ruining our planet because, you know, like when I was speaking about, um, you know, when we could boycott gas on Tuesdays, we could really drive down the cost of gas because we forced those gas speculators to acknowledge that nobody's buying gas on that day. And so they have to lower the cost to make their money back. Um, and then there were people that would just go out of their way to, to, to screw it up. And so that's what I find is happening in our culture um, is that the right wing is attracting sociopaths and and people that they're insecure about sensitivity. And I, it just makes me wonder how small that dick really is. <laughs> like, good Lord. What do you yeah. think they're, you know, because I have a friend, my best friend, Craig, he's a Trump supporter and yet he's so good with his kids and he's sensitive. Oh yeah. Uh, why, what do you think is the difference? Some of them, like I, they literally have no empathic abilities at all. They have no sense of just being, uh, just just being not even empath, but being empathetic. Yeah, sympathy. Exactly. And it just seems like there's some people. There's just no inner life. There's no. I don't mean inner life. But inner like light. In, light. There you go. Inner That's light. A good way to. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, it feels like soullessness, you know, and I, I don't necessarily believe in a soul phys- like literally, but I believe in a soul in the sense that when your soul wears thin due to uh, too many bad jobs or too many bad people or too much hardship, you can detach yourself from 
what makes you you and you're you can become a lost soul and so i find not just on the right wing i don't want to you know mm-hmm. generalize but but people in general there are people that are trying to listen to their better angels and those who just plain aren't and i find that the ones who just aren't listening to their better angels seem to you know gravitate towards things that are harsh and mean and cruel and rude um mm-hmm. You know, it's almost as though they they find it offensive that other people have, uh, you know, uh, kinder, gentler sensibilities. Yeah. And us as empaths, I <clears throat> can pretty much on meeting someone, get a feel for them. And Oh, me too. <laughs> know, so when it comes to some of your friends, yeah. there's, there's some that I gravitate towards and some that mm-hmm. I can immediately tell that they're just like not. Corey. <laughs> I didn't want to name names. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But fucking. yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. with Craig, I I feel that there's a there's a good human there, and I can feel it, and it just well, yeah, I and, and gravitate, and that's that. where I wish this country would end up is where you could be conservative, and that person could be liberal, and that could be person could be conservative, without assuming that there's some mental defect there. You know, just because somebody is a liberal and more kind-hearted doesn't mean that they have a mental disorder. And just because somebody has a Trump fetish or a Trump-like doesn't necessarily make them bad people or necessarily make them evil. Um, but generally speaking, though, there's usually it feels like when you're a Trump supporter, there is some major defect in your empathy towards other people. Yeah, there's probably not a lot of empaths that are conservatives yeah and not a lot of sociopaths that are well liberal that reminds me i have two friends that are trump supporters at least i think one of them is but uh evan he just moved back to oregon and i uh, we're gonna hang out bro it's gonna be great but he's a conservative but he is also a socially liberal kind-hearted person i mean he works with um troubled youth he's Mm -hmm. a youth counselor and um never have i seen him ever be mean or rude or cruel and so it makes you wonder what's going on there you know because i'm not against people being conservative that's fine but i don't understand what's attracting him to Mm -hmm. that you know what i mean especially in our socio-political discourse today what is it about this kind-hearted gentle giant like evan that would attract him to a movement that's sort of fucked up. I think with the kind-hearted people that are, it's just something that they've been grown up with. It was part of their family. It was how their parents were. And it just kind of, you yeah. don't pay attention to a lot of the nuances. The, right. But, yeah. Which also goes into that lacking of nuance, lacking yeah. of detail. Yeah. Is that some people just kind of, I, I think you're right. I think they're born into it. And their dad probably said something like, you know, Democrats are this and this. Don't ever be a mm-hmm. Democrat, you know, and then it sticks with them because mm-hmm. like my grandfather was the same way. He was like, I'm like, grandpa, you know, I was like 10, 11. I'm like, grandpa, you know, because I, I was just learning about politics. I'm like, are you a Democrat or a Republican? He looked at me. We were fishing and he's like, huh? what? <laughs> he goes, well, let me put it this way. Unless you're rich, never vote for a Republican. And that was way, 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 way back then. Mm-hmm. I think that was during, you know, Reaganomics, where you wouldn't have a vested interest in being conservative uh, because your finances weren't as such. Democrats have always pretty much 
you know, stuck up for the poor and the disenfranchised and, and ethnic people more so than the right. And, and yet I'm, I'm now the kind of person where I don't want to generalize like that, but also um, I, I don't want to believe that people on the right are all mean or rude or cruel or sociopaths because that's not true either. So I, I agree with you in the sense that they, they must get it from their surroundings. They just grow up around it mm-hmm. and they don't really start to understand yeah. the nuances there because, yeah, it's so easy to assume that your political rival or opposite is somehow mentally diseased. And I don't, they do it to us and I don't want to do it back to them yeah. because I really do think we're going to become a better country when we start to understand that our preferences in politics is an extension of our morals, our ethics, and our emotional needs. And so as an empath, I, of course, side more often with the Democrats than with the Republicans. But that's not to say that I don't take issue with, um, you know, that overly woke mob mentality out there. Because, like, I was on Twitter one time and this girl, I said something that she didn't like. And I told her that her wokeness was ruining her because she claims to be so evolved and so woke and so compassionate and yet she goes out of her way to exploit you and to hurt you and then she took a snapshot of of the thing i wrote and then said this mean thing to me and then i said to her you're proving my point if you're so Mm -hmm. goddamned evolved then why do you feel like you have to go out of your way to insult or tear me down when i'm on the same political side as you what do you think you're doing? You know, and so it's like anytime anybody is challenged in our society, whether it's on the left or the right, um, you really start to see that people aren't nearly as evolved or nearly as mature, or nearly as intelligent as they really claim to be. And so I try not to take my issues with people based on political affiliation. I try to take my issues based on the content of their character and the substance of their intentions. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's so easy to see that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I don't like of either side. And so for me, you know, I, I started this podcast because, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I don't want it to be politically motivated. I want this podcast and my activism to be an extension of my values, extension of what I grew up knowing to be right and just and true. And so all I want, all I want is for the right wing to start being for something good again. And I want the left to stop being so hyper sophisticated and just start being a little bit more down to earth, a little less woke, if you will, and quit trying to insult and hurt and hate on each other, left and left and right. And if we could just find a place where, um, because it feels like the mean, or and when I say mean, I don't mean meanie, the mean maturity of our society, the the average maturity of our society is about that of a 16 or 17 year old brat. Yeah. And that just like the dude said, that can't, that cannot stand, man. <laughs> that, this, this aggression cannot stand. Um, because yeah, as a society, um, we should all, if we're all so darn evolved and intelligent, our maturity, the general maturity of our society should be, it should feel like a grown adult, not a teenager. And so that's my, takeaway is that yes we should try not to jump to conclusions we should try not to judge people um but yeah we we've got to grow up as a maturity 
the entitlement and the mean-spiritedness of American exceptionalism, or at least Western uh, spoiled entitlement, that Western entitlement is making people mean and cruel and rude and immature. And, uh, you know, I'm not on the left side or the right side. I'm just on the side of what's right. I just want to advocate for um, <clears throat> positions that I find will better and strengthen our society as a whole. We need better infrastructure. We need high-speed rail. We need uh, corrupt systems to be put in check. We need corporations to pay their fair share of taxes, and we need a living wage. And that is not some big leftist socialist agenda. That is a humanitarian thing that comes straight from my soul, from my heart. I want regular people because I think what makes people so fucked up, honestly, is regular jobs. Those people out there that we're dealing with, whether it be on social media or at the grocery store, are their meanness and their cruelness is probably because they have a job that mistreats them. And so you get what I call mm-hmm. kick the dog syndrome, yeah. where if you get home after a bad day of work and you have no one to blame it on, so you kick your dogs, you know, figuratively speaking, and then mm-hmm. that dog becomes a mean bastard and starts biting the neighbor children or the mailman or something. Um, and then that mailman goes home and beats his wife. And then that wife, you know, goes to church and, you know, makes fun of, uh, you know, uh, Aunt Sally's hair. And then Aunt Sally gets her feelings hurt. And so what I'm saying is, is that paying it forward, negativity, uh, you know, is, is metastasizes as a cancer. And that cancer is eating up the soul of our society. And so what I'm trying to do is not a left versus right thing. It's a right versus wrong thing. And I want to advocate uh, policies that can start chipping away from the nonsense because, you know, like there's only so many ways to see it. You know, when you see that legislation is being blocked uh, based on the fact that, that the big lies perpetuating voting security laws these aren't voting security laws. These measures are meant to disenfranchise people from voting because they know they can't win on the up and up fair and square anymore. And, and so I just want to see, you know, legislation if, cause I mean, when you talk about the free and equal, uh, uh, school of ideas and, and debate, pure debate, your side says this, my side says this, and we debate it out. If you have a position that's worth its weight in gold, then you should be able to convince other people that you are on the right side of things and you should be persuasive enough to win over voters that way. If you can't do that on the free and equal debate stage then and you have to resort to uh, dirty, underhanded things, maybe just maybe you're not the side uh you know, because that's the side that says they believe they're more patriotic than us, they're more religious than us, they're more moral and decent than us. How it can, how is that so? How can they be on the right side of history, on the right side of Jesus and God, on the right side of everything, and yet be so goddamn tone deaf? What do you think? I think to bring it all back to the empath thing, yeah. we need more empaths in charge and less sociopaths in charge. Yeah, it would Amen. change everything amen sister yeah yeah um so we're over an hour we're going into the hour and 20 minute mark you guys 
I could literally do this for two hours. I'm not going to do that to you, though. But we love talking uh, to you guys and with you guys. Um, but I want you guys to understand that um, as an intuitive person, um, it doesn't mean that you don't get angry. It doesn't mean that you don't get um lash out at people through out of frustration. Um, it does. You're still a person. People are imperfect and imperfect people um, can't always be perfect. So I, all I would say is that if you're struggling as an empath or just struggling emotionally, or maybe you're having mental health problems, or maybe you're having trouble at your job, let me just say the best thing I can tell anyone is that if you're not happy at your job, I'm not saying quit your job tomorrow, but start forging a path to something else, to something better. If you hate your job, find something that um, is more emotionally or energetically uh, sensitive to your needs. Um, if you have a problem uh, with, uh, you know, family and, and family members and your or your husband or somebody who's not very kind or not very nice, um, if they're unwilling to have a mature conversation with you, chances are that person isn't good for you. And I'm not going to give you relationship advice. You know, I am not a trained professional. But if your husband or wife is not even open to having a real, honest, open conversation about your relationship and, you know, who wears the pants in the family or certain uh, neglectful or abusive behaviors, um, chances are that person is probably not right for you. And, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, we know that one girl, I'm not going to say her name on the radio, but uh, she's... You know, she's liberal, but her husband's conservative and they live in a conservative state. And, um, you know, they had an anniversary not too long ago and I heard, I read what she wrote mm -hmm. and it was kind of like, well, our relationship, you know, and we all say that. I mean, our, your relationship isn't perfect and, but we get through and we manage somehow and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm all for that because no relationship is perfect. I mean, shoot, we're not perfect, but, but I just find that there's a level of um, accepting fucked up shit that I can't get behind, man. You've got this one life. You've got this one life. Do you really want to half-ass it? You know, if you're passionate about something, if you need good people in your life, do you really want to spend the rest of your life with some jerky sociopath that doesn't care about your um, right to exist? Yeah. You know? This, this world is painful for empathic people. It really is. It yeah. really is. And it so... Did you have anything oh, else to say? I was just going to say, it just helps to be around like-minded people because it's hard enough yeah. as an empath. Yeah. And, and so that's my takeaway here is that it's not about making things political. It's just that we have to live in that game too. So if people are being rude to you, they might be rude to you because Tucker Carlson taught them that those hippie liberals are this and that and the other thing. And that's just brainwashing, plain and simple. We shouldn't do it to them. They shouldn't do it to us. Um, but yeah, living as an empath, it, it makes you um, have a richer emotional life. But yeah, man, it opens you up to, um, you know, hemorrhaging, emotional hemorrhaging, if you will. Like yesterday for me, it was hard watching my mom have her coughing attack. I, I start to think about her mortality. And then my aunt with that hematoma, that was scary, man. And, and being at the hospital, I, when they told me that only one person could be allowed in there, I was happy to go outside because energetically hospitals are just tough for me, you know. Um, and, you know, but that's the thing is just because energetically you're sensitive to things doesn't mean 
that you don't know how to deal with them. I mean, I could go on a ghost hunt. I could deal with negative emotions. I can be around um, harsh people. I've worked in the workforce my whole life. It's just now I'm at a point where I want to maximize the soft, intelligent, kind sensibilities that allow us to evolve as people, that allow us to get better, that allow us to examine life and become, I don't know, worth worth something uh, energetically. You know, you don't want to squander your life away on energetically uh, incapable people because I don't think people understand that whole energy and intention thing. And so their energy is, you know, oftentimes they're just overreacting to the fact that they're feeling hurt, you know, and that's kind of what it boils down to. So their maturity and their intellect and their asshole behavior usually is a direct, there's a direct correlation with that, with, to that, with uh, how much they're feeling hurt. And so I I understand that conservatives uh, want their country to, you know, salute the flag and they, we should, you know, be good to our soldiers and we should be fiscally conservative, uh, fiscally responsible and all those things. It's just, I feel like they're getting tricked from that good intention stuff into some more, uh, you know, vile mentalities and behaviors that have nothing to do with um, being responsible or being a good person or being, you know, uh, economically uh, responsible, but being, they're getting tricked. They're just getting tricked. And I wish they could see the difference. And I'm not, you know, there's always, there always seems to be some, at the end of the day, there's some reason that they're conservative. And that reason they're conservative usually doesn't pass muster uh, to being a more evolved person. And so that's my problem is that we need movements on the left and the right that bring out the best in each other, that allow other people to be themselves and to just sort of, um, God, man, just get fucking right, you know? Yeah. Just get right, people. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we could go on and on all day. This is literally my longest episode. I can't believe we talked that long. Um, but guys, this is a, this is a safe haven for empaths. This is a judgment free zone for anybody, no matter what your, um, political affiliation or skin color is, or no matter what job you have. If you're struggling, um, that's, what I'm here for. I'm here to make sense of the world and to help you understand uh, what's good and bad about this world because it ain't all bad. And um, we all get that way. We all get tired of judgmental people. Hey, I go on my uh, Instagram and there's jerky people every single day. And, and uh, sometimes it hurts. It cuts deep. They say things. You're like, wow, man. Um, but once you start uh, understanding that it's not personal, that they're they're looking for your sensitivity buttons mm-hmm. and then they're pushing those buttons intentionally because they think they can get a rise out of you. So just understand that some people do it because it helps them feel better about themselves. And those people probably won't l- learn or grow on our time frame. And so just you guys, general population of society is not where it's at. You've got to become a part of a niche uh, of a community of people that uh, are more evolved than that. And so I would just suggest no matter what your political affiliation is, make sure you don't get locked into mentalities that don't serve your interests or the interests of society. We are guardians of this planet. We are guardians of the galaxy. We are guardians of all the animals, big and small. And uh, we have an obligation to be good to each other, man. We really do. Don't you think? 
Absolutely. Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. So I love you, babe. Thank you so much for being my co-host today. And I thank you guys for being a part of my family and a part of my tribe and a part of uh, my mission, which is to make the world a better place, man. Get right in the head. Just come on, guys. Let's get right. You know, it ain't fucking rocket science. <laughs> hey, I love you guys. Um, we're going to have uh, two episodes next week. This is my last episode of the week. Uh, have yourself a great weekend, you guys. Um, you can reach me at all of my social media. That's Chef Bry Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y Comedy at uh, on Instagram and uh, Twitter and now on Facebook. So we'll see you there. We can continue the conversation there, you guys. Bye. 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 Love you guys. Thanks. <laughs>